What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the After Effect Podcast. I am your host, LeBron Stephan, but you can call me LB, LBZ, L Boogie, Big Brian, Brian Brian, B Ryan, whatever your heart desires. Welcome to episode 23. We have a very, very, very special guest, entrepreneur Donnie Fletcher is on the show today. Again, Cleveland native, we were teammates in high school, entrepreneur now. Really, really, really excited to have him on just to talk everything, right? Uh, so, right, and uh, jumping on. Why, why, why? Well, hopefully you all will be able to hear me on this episode. The microphone is tripping or something. For some reason. Not sure, not really sure why. But yeah. And so he should be jumping on. Anytime, Yo, what's good, bro? What's up, man? You hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. My my microphone acting up. Man. How you been, bro? I'm good, man. Chilling, man. How you been, man? I've been good. I've been good. I've been. You you out in L.A. now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm typically back and forth from uh L.A. to Atlanta, just depending on what what gigs I got booked. Oh, that's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you like L.A.? How you like L.A.? Man, it's cool, bro. It's just expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's fuck, man. I'm in New York, man. This shit, like, they give you, like, a little-ass closet. They charge you, like, two, three Gs, man. Like, God damn, man. <laughs> bro, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. New York and L.A., you know, that's you know that that's the top of the top as far as living. So, the expenses is crazy. <laughs> Hell, yeah. I was, uh, I, I was out there uh, when I was training for, like, uh, during the off-season. I was in um, Long Beach. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I, when I was playing, though, like, in 2014. What, what part okay. you in? I'm at Koreatown. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah I'm in yeah, Koreatown. But I, I got some friends that live in Long Beach, so I've been out to Long Beach a few, quite a few times. That weather nice, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you, oh, you know that. that. That winter, man. Like, man. out here in New York, man, that shit. It ain't like Cleveland cold, but it get cold, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been to New York in the wintertime a couple of times. So, like, yeah, I know it's because it's not on the water. So, like you said, it's not like Cleveland, but it's it's yeah. similar. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man, but like I said, after Effect podcast, uh, you know, I feel like as athletes, we all have some kind of after effect. We've all, when you know, we got 20 plus years of experience, wins, losses, injuries, you know, uh, so many mixed emotions. So this is just creating that platform for us to have a voice, kind of kind of tell our stories and try to push the culture, the sports culture forward as far as the transition out of sports. I always felt like it, that transition out of sports was always minimized. Like we, we've been doing yeah. some 20 plus years and then someone tells us that it's over and we just supposed to like go get a job and just be cool and be yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, I already know, man. I went through that phase, man, where it's exactly. like, you know, the 
understand like football is over. And like you said, man, you've been doing this since you were like eight, nine years old. Exactly. And it's like literally your whole life has been consumed around just football. You I'm telling you. Football, whether it's like during season, off season, and then it's like you wake up and it's like boom, it's just over. It's like what do and, you do? And now? yeah, like, you just <laughs> and, and you just supposed to figure it out and be cool with it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> man. Like, like for sure. Like I mean, it took me like a good like two three years to like make that adjustment. Bro, like, I'm telling you, same here, same here. It's, it's, that adjustment. it's a different world, man. Exactly, it's a different world, and that's why I started this pod just for us to have a voice, man. But before I dive into your childhood, we are. All, I always feel like we are. We are more than athletes. So let's talk a few current events, man. We got game three of the NBA Finals. Who you got? Who you got taking home the chip? Oh, you already know what you mean. You already know. I'm LeBron all day, straight yeah, yeah. yeah, you sure. already know, man. I, I be telling people out, like, because a lot of people here in New York is like Knicks fans. They yeah. suck. Now yeah. they got the Nets out here in Brooklyn, and they yeah. got like Kyrie and, and uh, KD. Mm, that, KD so next year it could get next year uh, it's going to be gonna crazy, be, be different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm LeBron all day. You already know I'm going with Ex- the Lakers. Exactly, same I mean, here, man. They don't have a chance. They're gonna sweep them, man. I, I I think so. If they win tonight, the broom's coming off for sure. They're gonna finish that in the game four. I always tell guys, I just can't understand how if you're from Ohio, from Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, to be exact how you can't be a LeBron fan. Like, he's literally been the best player in the world for, like, the last eight years. And he, it's only one of him, and he's from where we from. So how could yeah, you be and, from where we from and not be a fan of his? <laughs> and not even that. Like, I remember when I was, like – and I tell people this all the time. I remember when I was, like, 10, 11, 12 years old. He was, like, in high school, like, selling yeah. out the Gundarina. Like, yeah, yeah. In high now, school games. I'm like, I saw his whole progress. Like, you exactly. Know I, mean? I was, like, literally, like, a witness, like they say. Like, I witnessed, like – him like from high school go all the way up through the pros to yeah. and then him having all of that pressure like they was talking about he was Michael Jordan like I'm telling fresh you. Out 18 years old coming out of high school and, and look what he did exactly and look what he did he lived up to tough. it like yeah it's, it's crazy bro I still remember I was 10 years old it was 1999 when I found I was in fifth grade LeBron was in the ninth grade and my father took me to a game he took me to a game to a St. Vincent America he said LeBron with your same name, yeah. to, he said he in the ninth grade, and they said he might be the best player in the world. And he, and he was and my father, a jokester. So he yeah. said, man, but this dude slew footed. Like he said, he walked with his feet. Yeah. Like <laughs> he said, I never seen a dude that can hoop like that. So I want to see yeah. if the hype is real. So we went to the game. Brown was fourteen, ugly fro, no facial hair, went stupid. Yeah. Thirty, twelve and twelve. He was fourteen, bro. Like, and I'm in the stands, like, mouth open because this dude got the same name as me. Like, yeah, yeah. Ever, ever, ever since then, like you say, just watching his progress, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, say, sell out the gun arena, then go to the league and just to be in year 17, bro. It's like, I still can't believe it's just everything that he done done. And not even that, like, he don't have no blemishes whatsoever. He hasn't got no not baby one. mama came out the woodworks. <laughs> like, not one. never no drama. Trouble. Like, he's clean, like, just like all bro. the way through, like. I'm, I'm like, telling it's almost like it's not yeah, real. Because, that's tough. It's almost like it's not real because that shit usually don't happen. You know, when Michael Jordan, he had all the stuff with the infidelity and the gambling and the smoking yeah, they, and drinking. They're going to find something. You they know that, man. Something. <laughs> and, then with, and then with Kobe, he was cheating and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, God bless the dead, the Kobe. But like that, like you say, like, man, they haven't found anything. It's, it's so crazy, man. So talk about your last seven months, man. How have you handled COVID? Obviously, working full time and also being a business owner. What has that been like the seven months? This literally has probably been the weirdest year since we've been alive, right? 
Oh my God, man. And being like a business owner, like it's been like crazy, like, you know, because I'm yeah. in the digital marketing space. So a lot of my clients like went under, like they went yeah. you know, bankrupt, yeah. you know, like, around like April, like yeah. that's when like stuff really started hitting here in New York City, like yeah. when, it, when it really got for real, when they start shutting stuff down and yeah. I'm like, it's, it's, you know, I'm sending out inventories and I'm like, it's paid, it's, it's time to pay up. And they're like, <laughs> it's payday, man. No money. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know man. what I'm saying? And I'm just like, man, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. But, yeah, um, yeah, I can it's, only it's imagine. It's pretty crazy. I had went back to Cleveland for like a couple months. Okay, um, okay. Just to get away because I was like stuck in my apartment because they shut everything down in New York City. Like, you yeah. couldn't do anything except for like go outside and walk and run. Yeah, or or like, or probably know. go to like the uh the grocery store, but that's literally all you could that do. That was it. Yeah. yeah. And then they had it where it was like you had it like certain times you can go to the grocery store. Like it was like long lines, so it was it, it got real real bad like around yeah. like, April, May, yeah. June. So I just went back home once they opened up Cleveland. So I was there for a couple months. I just got back like a month ago. So okay, okay, yeah, yeah. it was the same kind of vibes out in LA. I I had family in uh, Arizona. So yeah. I went there because, like you say, literally LA was you can literally couldn't go anywhere but the grocery store. Like that was it. So I'm like, man, let me get up out of here. But then, you know, Arizona is a lot hotter. You maybe be able to move around a little bit. And then they yeah. shut they shut that down. I mean, everywhere got shut down. So it was just and like you said, I went back to Cleveland for a little while too over this during the summer, spent some time yeah. with family because I hadn't been back. But man, it's just it's just a crazy time, man. Uh, so. Last take before we go on your childhood, man. What do you think about Deion Sanders going to an HBCU? So imagine this, because you used to be a DB. Imagine Deion Sanders walking into your living room and saying, Donnie, like, I want you in my secondary. Like, but he had Jackson State. He had an HBCU. Like, sign it. What you mean? <laughs> I'm signing it. You have to – if Deion Sanders come into your, your living room, man, yeah. he's offering you a scholarship no matter where he's at. That's the best to ever do it. Like Exactly. You know, if you listen to what he do, you know what I mean? Work hard, of course. Exactly. To get there, you know, and do all the right things. Mm. You don't get a shot. Like, you know what I mean? If exactly. You, you know, you make plays and stuff like that. So, definitely, like, you know, yeah. that's, that's that's a good look for HBCUs. And that's right, a good right, look right. for him, you know, because, yeah, and again, him starting his his uh, coaching career, you know, as mm-hmm. a head coach. I know he was coaching his uh, his son in high school, but. You have to start, you know, somewhere, yeah, at a lower level. But he'll 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 work his way up, I think, eventually, and and, and get into like the higher ranks. You know? Exactly, and I think uh, I think uh, what he's doing is is so strategic, right? Because yeah. he worked for ESPN and NFL Network for so many years, ten to fifteen years. So now, games or on those networks, or if he wanted to try to get in a negotiating room for those contracts to get more of their games on those networks, he 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 know who to call. Yeah, you know, to call. He know who to call to get to to get those contracts. So I really think it's it's it's, it's about to turn turn the tide for HBCUs. I think it's major, definitely, and especially like from a recruit, like you said, from a recruiting standpoint. Like you got Mississippi State down there in Mississippi, yeah. which is in the SEC, but mm-hmm. like he's gonna be pulling a lot of those players that usually would go to those schools. You know, oh, they going there, <laughs> so they gonna have some, sure. they gonna have some players for sure. Exactly. Like, Especially because you know Dion got that swagger, and so people know that that like they can go there and be them, you know, just yep. be be themselves. Like they don't have to conform to any kind of culture. They can literally just be who mm-hmm. they are. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's I can't wait to see like what happens. You know, what I'm saying like what kind of vibes he brings down there. It's gonna be cool to see. Yeah, for sure. What else? So uh, let's talk uh, Cleveland culture. Man, we're both Cleveland kids. Uh, growing up in Cleveland. Talk about growing up in Cleveland in the '90s. Like, what what influences? 
what influences or mentors did you have growing up in the 90s? Yeah, so for me, um, I grew up like in on um, St. Clair, 79th of St. Clair um, mm-hmm. for like the majority of my life. Um, I guess I'll, I'll take it back. Like I actually, when I was like one to nine, like I was in foster care, I actually lived in Youngstown. Okay, and, okay. And um, I ended up moving back to um, Cleveland when I was nine years old. Okay. And uh, like I said, I was on 79th of St. Clair, you know what I mean? Typical story of a kid yeah, yeah, yeah. in the Ghetto you know trenches, I mean? in, in the trenches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I looked yeah. up to, you know what I mean, the, the the guys in the neighborhood, you know, my cousins doing, you know, doing what they do, whether it was mm-hmm. drug dealing, robbing, whatever it may be. Um, sports was always big, though. Everybody yeah. knows, like, Cleveland, like, football is like a religion, man. I tell oh, you, yeah, that, you I know that. that all the time. Like, yeah. every kid, when you eight, nine, ten years old, man, you playing Muni League, you playing Pop Warner, you know, and you know what I mean? Your dream is to get a scholarship mm-hmm. and to, you know, play in the NFL, but it's a lot of pressure on you, you know what I mean, once you get to the high school level because it's expected. Like, every yeah. boy in high school in Ohio is, like, working yeah. to get a scholarship. Like, exactly. You know, like, you know the grind. You already yeah. know the grind. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's just, like, that added pressure that, I guess you could say, like, the community or society in Cleveland puts mm-hmm. on you, you know, mm-hmm. Have to deal with as a high school kid, you know. I even yeah. look at like my little brother now, who's at Bedford. Okay, you know, he's a senior. He's going. Well, this is a senior. He's wrapping up his senior year, and you know, he's going through that same process of like, you know, what, yeah. what school I'm gonna go to, and yeah, yeah, I'm getting scholarships from this school or that school. So yeah, it's bringing back a lot of memories and regards right, right, right. Like, <laughs> going through that <laughs> process, which is crazy. The recruiting process is crazy. Right, right, right. Man, Especially I'll, back at, back when we were there, like at Glenville back in those days, because yeah. it was like every school was at, you know, knocking on the doors. Like, I'm telling you. Know, you. So. I'm telling you. That, that was actually my next question, man. Uh, you know, you you being highly touted going into your senior year, end up being, you know, the number 33 ranked player uh, in the state of Ohio in 2008. And I and just went, went into your decision to go to Boston College, right? Because, you know, we – we we Midwest kids and I like for me growing up, I always wanted to play in the Big Ten. Obviously Ohio State. Yeah. I always wanted to play in the Big Ten. I knew I always knew if it wasn't gonna be Ohio State, it was gonna be somewhere in the Big Ten. And I feel like you were I think like maybe, probably one of the first ones to kind of like step out and do your own thing. You decided on Boston College. I remember you visiting Iowa. I remember me and Bruce hosted you. Uh yeah. but ultimately you chose Boston College and it's crazy, bro, because thinking back on it, I remember I was being recruited by Duke. Uh, uh my, my senior year. I remember the defensive coordinator, his name was Ted something. He used to come to, uh, uh, to the school all the time. He used to come to me and Big B classroom all the time, just yeah. sit in our classroom. <laughs> and I just remember like, at, like man, if I could, I would consider them more because just yeah. getting a degree from Duke, like, I mean, come on, I, you, you can get any job you need, but all you think was, was sorry, like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Duke, Duke was terrible in football, so it's like, and then it's like, no, nah, yeah. man, West kid, like I play in the Big Ten, bro. Like, come on, dude. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's dope, but but it's just getting older and really understanding life now. Like I should have considered them more. So talk about what yeah. went into your recruiting process and what gave you the courage to be you and to stand tall and to go in the ACC. Like, okay, it's cool, I got all these Big Ten offers, but I'm gonna go over here and do my own thing. I'm confident that I can go do that. Yeah, so it was it was a lot that kind of went into like the recruiting process for me. Like one of the biggest things was I wanted to obviously play early. Every kid in high school, of course, you know, yeah, you know, and get an opportunity to, you know, get some if not start 
mm-hmm. get an opportunity to comp- compete for a starting job. Exactly. So I think Boston College, that was one of the biggest reasons was Boston College, you know, when they were recruiting me, they, they kind of kept it real with me. They weren't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, saying, oh, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. They said, hey, you know, we're going to give you an opportunity to compete for a job. Now, mm-hmm. you can, it's your, it's your job to come in here, work hard, and take, you know, take the job and make right. it your own. Right. I think that was a huge, you know, a huge um, selling tool for me was just mm-hmm. the opportunity to play early. I ended up graduating early and enrolling there mm-hmm. as well, which was another big thing for me. Yeah. They were open uh, for me to do that. That was something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, academics. I think that was that was huge. I always mm-hmm. knew, like, whether I played 10 years in the NFL, you know, it's going to end at some time. Let's say if I had a 10-year career in the NFL and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I retire at 31, 32 right. years old, I still right. have, you know, 40, 50 years of right. life to live. Right, right, right. But it's like I wanted to just make sure I had, you know, those skills in regards mm-hmm. to – That skill set. Yeah, that skill set outside of football. You mm-hmm. know, that's something that, you know, and my uncle was a huge part of that. That's who kind of took me in. My mother mm-hmm. passed away when I was um when I was twelve years old. Okay. Um, and you know, I was kind of going down the wrong path during that time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and my uncle ended up like scooping me up, bringing me in and kind of teaching me structure, discipline, mm-hmm. you know, the right way of how to uh, approach football. Right, know? right, right like work ethic and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he was a huge part in kind of guiding me mm-hmm. um, from a football standpoint and the recruiting process as well. Um, but I think it was definitely the academics um, and the opportunity to play in the ACC. I thought mm-hmm. at that part, at that time, of course the Big Ten is like a huge conference, don't get me wrong, but from a defensive back standpoint, I kind of looked at, okay, where are most defensive backs getting yeah, yeah. drafted at that time. Yeah, 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 that's true. I was just looking, I was like, yeah, like they're mostly coming from, you know, the Florida States, the ACC, you know, at that time, I think that the top three or four corners in the draft coming out that mm-hmm. year was in the ACC. I think it was a guy from uh, Wake Forest. Uh, it was uh, the guy who, from BC actually, um, mm-hmm, ended up mm-hmm. getting hurt his senior year. Um, and it was just like all ACC. And I knew it was like a passing league. So I was like, okay, at least, if I can get an opportunity to get on the field yeah. as a true freshman and I yeah. have four years to, you know, three to four years to compete in the right. ACC. Right. Yeah. That's, that's top major. Receivers, yeah. Top, you know, um, quarterbacks. Right. Um, I'll get an opportunity, at least a, you know, a look, you know, right. I mean? at least a look, from yeah. the NFL. So yeah. that was a huge part at the time. BC was top, you know, uh, I think that that was a year when Matt Ryan had, brought him up to like number two in the country. Yeah, so yeah, that was, that's when he went crazy. There was a lot of like yeah. factors that kind of, yeah, like that yeah. kind of like went into it. But I'm not going to lie. I w- I'm not going to say that like I wasn't scared when I did it. Like like you said, you know, I was like one of the first people to kind of go out and yeah. leave that pipeline. So yeah. it was it was kind of like scary going to was, a big city like Boston coming from Cleveland. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I was, like, I was like, just about to, I was just about to ask you that, bro. Like, yeah. Was there any anxiety, especially going there? Because, like you said, you you're the first person to do it, but also the academics are rigorous. Like I'm not I'm not even going I'm not even going to hold you, and I I gotta be completely honest. That's also why I didn't go to Duke because I'm like, and obviously I had a high GPA. That's the only reason yeah. it was best with me. I was always in major work uh, honors classes, but to try to juggle those kind of those, that level of academics, like and football, I. I, I mean, I was kind of scared. Like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do that. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah, I don't think yeah. I'm gonna be able to do that, bro. So, what, did you have any anxiety walking in? Like, man, all right, I'm gonna have to perform on the field. 
and I got to perform in a classroom and the class is going to be super, super hard. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing was for me, it was like, I really didn't know. I had an understanding, like people say, oh, this is what college is, yeah. but you don't know until you're, until until you're you there. get there and right. actually go through it. Cause everybody's journey is completely different. different. Right. So I think in a way I didn't really have a full understanding of what I was getting myself into until I got there. But the yeah. thing was for me was I actually like graduated, like I was in sitting in class in Glenville, like on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then like that next, like Monday, I was like sitting in class in Boston college, like in a wow, that class. So it was that fast. It was that crazy. Like, wow. yeah, like it, was, it was like, so for me, it was just like a totally like, culture yeah. like change like yeah, just yeah. like actually doing work as you know like at glenville you know like <laughs> we were doing like worksheets and stuff right, like right, that right, no right. disrespect because i love exactly. Glenville. exactly no disrespect I but to be the, real like the level of education like, it's not yeah it's not up there it, was, it wasn't it wasn't like at all compared to when i got to boston college and oh, you like, know it they just give you a syllabus and they like, hey, you know, you got a paper due tomorrow. You got to read two, three books. Man, I'm telling like you. Like a five-page paper. They give mm-hmm. you like a sentence like, okay, write a five-page paper about this. Like, right, like, right. Man, what the, what the hell? Like, you know, like, so how so how were you able to make that transition? I mean, obviously I know uh, as an athlete, as a football player, we had those resources as far as different learning centers, you know, where we did our work at, tutors and stuff like that uh administrators to help us but how did you make that transition uh, so smoothly yeah so i mean for me again just like you said like i was i took the tutoring and stuff like that like um early on like i wasn't afraid to you know what i mean go mm-hmm. in and say hey i need help mm-hmm. and i think they had a full understanding too um in regards to like where i was coming from from an yeah. academic standpoint and okay. they knew what type of you know not only player but what type of person they were getting when they recruited me yeah. so they understood it wasn't going to be like you know what i mean smooth selling when it came from an academic standpoint yeah, in regards yeah. to the resources that i would need so i okay. think that was another reason that kind of made me want to go there as well is because they take academics very seriously at boston yeah. college like it's literally academics first and like athletics football second, second. Yeah. yeah yeah like yeah. Professors used to be like mad. You play for foot like football, like, like for real, like, yeah, like yeah. no special privileges there. Yeah, like, no, yeah. You play sports, like they're like, dude, you're not even supposed to be here. If it wasn't for football, you wouldn't be here. That type Man, of attitude. that type of, of energy. That, but that's the type of energy they would, mm. you know, kind of project. So it was okay, like, okay. You had that kind of going against you. You know what I mean? Again, like I said, going to a city like Boston, coming from Cleveland, yeah. it's like night and day. It's a big city. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's predominantly white. I'm mm-hmm. just going to keep it real, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Me coming from an all-black environment, you know, that was a, another, like, kind culture of culture shock. Yeah. Being in a classroom with, like, all-white kids and I'm all these like, Victorians of their school, you know, man. like, and you like, man. Like, but I know, you know like, I know that was tough because I tell yeah. guys all the time, that was the toughest piece for me going from, yeah. you know, the city of Cleveland, which we never, ever went to school with any white people other than maybe the few teachers that, that, that taught our, at our schools. Yeah. To, to go from that to, you know, obviously I was in Iowa City where I'm in a class with 200 people and I'm literally, I may be the only black guy or maybe another black guy that played basketball. And yeah, for no, you, I'm the only black guy. I'm yeah, the only you, black guy. But for, you, but for you, I can only imagine what that was like, bro, because yeah. one, you went in the class with all white people, but two, they're super smart. So they probably, yeah. they probably had that like uh, energy, like, oh, who are you? Like, you know what I mean? Because they, because they had Boston College and you know, them kind of people, they walk around with a certain, like, 
you know, with their yeah. khakis. Like, I'm, I go to Boston College. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I can only imagine, like, you know, how that transition was. But, I mean, obviously, man, you made it look easy. And I, and I was doing some research on you. I saw you made your first start on September 20th of, of your first year, man. So just walk me through that time. Like you said, like you kind of just did one week, one Wednesday, you went to Ville, taking your last yeah. class, saying bye to everybody. The next Monday, you at Boston College taking your class and then taking classes. Then they, they maybe months, for a couple months after that, you literally started playing special teams and starting as an 18-year-old in the ACC. Like, like yeah. what? How, how were you able just to handle all that? I asked Kyle Jefferson the same thing because, you know, he went, yeah, crazy. Yeah. he went crazy his freshman year. And he just was like, man, I, honestly, I don't know how I did it. Like, I don't have an explanation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, no, the same thing for me, I feel like, truthfully, like, I think Glenville, like, really helped me out a lot in regards to when it comes to football. Yeah. Like, just competing. Because, as you know, mm-hmm. like, every, like, when we were there, like, at that point in time, like, you had we were stacked. You had you was competing stacked, every like, day. 12, 13, like dudes <laughs> going D one. So you yeah. were in practice playing against college players every day. I'm telling you, yeah. You know? So I think from a competitive standpoint, the mindset that I had going in, I think I had the right mindset, which gave me an opportunity to come in and compete right away. Mm-hmm. You know, and I took it very seriously. Like I had a mission. I was like, okay, I I, I want to start. I want to at least play as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. And when I first got there, like, I remember, like, the first practice, because I got there during spring ball. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, 18 years old, and I remember, like, the first practice I was out there with the threes, and I'm just like, man, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what I, I done got myself into, like, you know, because yeah. they tell you recruiting. They didn't say that, you know, I was going to start right away, like, start right away, but they said I was going to compete for a starting job. So I'm like, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to start I somewhere. Yeah, but you had to start somewhere. But as an 18 year old, you're not thinking like that. You think, right, like, right. I'm right. about to get in right with the ones and you know what I mean? I'm about to <laughs> right. fall out. Right. But I, once I realized, like, you know what I mean? All right, you really got to, you know, get down and grind and just get better every day. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the mentality I kind of took. I was like, every day I'm going to find something I'm going to get better at. Better at yeah. And I'm going to compete every time. You throw the ball my way, I'm going to attack. I'm going to make the tackle. I'm going to pick it off. I'm going to break it up. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I understood my role on the team because at that time they had just won the ACC or they went to the ACC championship the year okay. before. Okay, yeah. They had a lot of returning starters. So they already had a good I team. They already had a good defense, you know, okay. a good team and a good defense, you know, yeah. so – I kind of understood my role and I like kind of took on that role. Like, you know what I mean? When I come in, I'm going to be the energy guy. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm going to bring energy, you mm-hmm. know, um, whether it's I get in for one series, one snap, or if I'm starting a game, I'm going to come in, I'm going to run to the football, you know, I'm going to Of course, play, of course, yeah. Everybody hyped up, you know what yeah. I mean? So I feel like I, I understood my role very early. Mm-hmm. It helped me out a lot. But yeah. uh, I, I got through in the fire like quick, like, like yeah, yeah. I ended up playing like you know what I mean, like the second half of the first game of the year, and then I ended, I didn't start the first game, but I ended up uh, the second game when we played Georgia Tech. I ended up like going in because um, a guy who I was um, competing with uh, for the starting job, he got hurt like the first series, mm-hmm. so I ended up playing like the whole. Oh, game. pretty much the whole game, yeah. And we and we mostly was a zone team, mm-hmm. but that game because they did a lot of triple option, we played straight man. So I had uh, what was it, Thomas, the dude from the Broncos. Like, yeah, I had Demar- to cover man to man, like yeah, Demarius Thomas. Yeah, like the whole game. So yeah, like, and that's and that's when they was lethal. That's when they went like eleven yeah, and two. Yeah, yeah, they went eleven because yeah. we we played Georgia Tech in the Orange Bowl in the BCS Orange Bowl down in Miami. Yeah. 
That's when they yeah. had Nesbitt as the quarterback, Jonathan Dwyer running back, Demarius yep. Thomas. <laughs> yeah, they had Demarius yeah. Thomas ever received. They had a squad. Yeah. So I had to kind of like grow up. I think quick, pretty, pretty quick. Like you know what I mean. Like yeah. I, so, I was I got through right into the fire. But like I said, I think I was ready because I always like I think my work ethic, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and my competitive nature, like mentally, like yeah, I had yeah. that mentality, like I had, that dog mentality. Like I don't care who you are. Like exactly. I don't care. What round you going in? Exactly. Like, I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> like how many touchdowns we had last week? And that's like, just like that. Got to show me. Like, right. You know that's that saying? mid. Like that's that. Like, right. That's that yeah. Midwest. That's that Midwest Cleveland. Like getting yeah. out the mud, blue collar. That's just like that's how we are. That's how we build. It don't. We don't care who yeah. you are. Like we go compete <laughs> yes. against you. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like I always had that mentality. Like, like you got to show me. Like exactly. You can have three touchdowns the week before, whatever. Mm-hmm. But until you do it to me, you got to earn my respect. I think exactly. That's, the mentality that I had, like, mm-hmm. and I think that's what helped me out, like, tremendously. Like, you know, definitely, definitely, really. man. What uh, what what moments stand out to you during your career at Boston College? Obviously, I mean, just growing up, I mean, you played against Notre Dame, you played in, uh, yeah. uh, uh, against against Clemson down in Death Valley, Florida State. I mean, just you playing against all these teams that's kind of like just like a dream when you coming up. Like, man, if I remember. When we played uh, Oklahoma in the bowl game, my senior year, that was like a, a cool moment because Oklahoma was always like a big university man. So what moments stood out to you during your career at Boston College? Just playing all those kinds of teams yeah. and that kind of competition every week. I think uh, the biggest like aha moment where I was like wide-eyed, you know how they say like you were wide-eyed, young yeah, freshman yeah. was yeah. Florida State. I think it was probably like week, it was like later on in the season. So it was like week eight, week seven. Okay. But we both were competing for um, – because we're on the same side of the ACC. I think it's mm-hmm. the coastal side. Mm-hmm. But the winner basically would go to the ACC championship. Mm-hmm. So it was like a night game. Yeah. Like, it yeah, was yeah. on like a Thursday night. Right. ESPN probably, I'm sure. ESPN. Yeah. And like the way Florida State Stadium is set up is like their um, – their um, locker room is underneath the stadium. So you got to come out and you come out in the stadium. But okay. everyone's like over above top. you, like okay. over top of you. Okay. So like you come out for warm-ups and there's nobody there. You go yeah, in, yeah. you get dressed, you come out, man. And it's, it's all packed. You just, and it was a blackout. It was like a blackout game. So wow. the whole stadium was black. They had on black jerseys and we come out. They had, they had the horses out there, the Indians. Oh. The- <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking up like, man. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm here. Like that yeah. was like, I was like, man. Then you see the dude with the, uh, with the, uh, with the on spear. The horse. With, yeah, on the horse with the spear. Yeah. I, they, I, I, they throw it. They throw it by your, by your, uh, by the sideline. So they come throw it by. The, I'm like, man, bro. I, All right. I'm like, it is what it is. I'm like, man. But I, when I was coming out, I was just like. <laughs> Just I like can the, only imagine. It's like on TV, like yeah, yeah. That, and, and that moment, yeah. That's I'm crazy. Right. I literally like that's that's why I remember seeing that moment growing up for the state. Like man, I, for you to be there in that there, yeah. like I know that was a crazy feeling, bro. And it was such a big game at that time because, like I said, yeah. the winner was the championship. But I mean, I played well. Had an interception. I did what I did. I was I wasn't never nervous, but it was just mm-hmm. one of those times where I just. I literally like was had an out of body experience. Like wow, like I'm here right now. <laughs> I think that, and then the Notre Dame game, um, my my freshman year too was a, a big game for me because I um, I ended up getting a game winning interception like mm-hmm. at the end of the game to seal the game. First Notre Dame, that's and, big. Um, yeah, and I, because they recruited me too. Like they yeah. they they like which weren't sure if they wanted to offer me if they yeah were gonna same, offer me. same here. They never offered me, but I heard yeah. from them. 
Yeah, I heard from them a lot. I was like, they were recruiting me pretty hard. So like, yeah. it was like a kind of, and I knew all of their coaches. So it was kind of like a, you know what I mean? A yeah, yeah. Game for me, like, you yeah. know, because I felt like they should have offered me, like, yeah. So, was, it, was it was it crazy to see it seeing those like gold shiny shiny helmets like in front? Are you playing against them? I just remember yeah. growing up in the nineties, Notre Dame, your Notre Dame. All the teams is like man, they just seem so like just really high level. They always had some of the best players. Like yeah, like, like, even playing in the, like my sophomore year and my senior year, we played um, at Notre Dame, which was okay. an experience in itself because. Everyone's talking about like it's a Catholic school. It's all yeah. like yeah. good boys and all that, man. But that is not a place you want to play, man. Oh, they get rowdy high. there too, huh? man. What, <laughs> man? First off, they had a band playing like right in front of the locker room, like literally right in front of the locker room. Mm. So you open your door and the band's there playing. You right got there, little kids. Like when you coming up, like driving up on the bus, they drop you off like right in tailgate. So you got yeah. kids pressing you out, man. Man, all the type of crazy shit. And then they put you <laughs> all the way at the top, and then they have their fans on the sideline. So okay. like you throw a break up a pass, make a tackle, you run into their like fans. So it's like, yeah. it's a crazy, it's a crazy environment, man. It's I can real. only imagine. I can only imagine, man. On top of you. Yeah, that, 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 those were like the biggest like games for moments. me. Yeah. Tech was Arrivals too, but like when we played there, uh, my sophomore year too, like I was like, man, because they stadiums huge, they do like the inner the Sandman coming out, yeah, and then of course Clemson running down the hill is like, right, right, yeah, Death Valley, yeah, like, I to see like yo, like, but I mean, I had a great experience though, I, you know, I think you know, I don't dope, have man. any regrets, like, you know, yeah. so I, it was everything I, I thought it was gonna be and more, like, you know, yeah, man, I, because that's... you know, during the recruiting process, it's like, you know. They tell you all these things and mm-hmm. they, you know, promise you all these things, mm-hmm. and some of that stuff don't end up. You know what I mean? Happening, yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot of it don't ha- end up happening. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think I was fortunate enough to kind of live out a lot of the things that you know I dreamed about, which I'm you know truly, truly grateful for. So yeah, yeah, de- definitely, man. And I'm happy and excited for you that you was even that you were even able to experience that, man. So let's transition to the 2012 NFL draft. Obviously, you have you were three, four year starter at Boston College, and then you go to the uh, um, uh, you go to the Senior Bowl. Um, and so, just talk about that whole process. Uh, did you think you were going to get drafted? What were you hearing from your agent? Then, uh, obviously, 2012 NFL draft. Uh, I, I think you didn't get drafted, but you ended up getting picked up by the Jets. Just talk about that whole process. Yeah. So it, the draft process for me um, was it was it was tough. I guess I'll start back to my junior year. So I had like a real big junior year. Um, I had like five interceptions, mm-hmm. you know, made all all leave. And I had an opportunity to leave. Like, yeah. I think, you know, you do the draft grade thing and it was like second, third round. Yeah. So like I decided to come back, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I made that decision during like um, bowl game. I remember like I had to like meet with all the coaches and stuff like that. And I, yeah. you know, I sat down with my family and I was like, yeah, I think I want to come back. You know, I came to BC. Of course I want to go to the NFL, but I came to BC to get a degree. You know of course, mean? of course. I wanted to go, you know what I mean? Three and out, I could have just went anywhere else. Right, right, I mean? right. Some of the other schools, you know, so. That was a huge point. So when I came back, like I actually like when I came in, I was like the top corner in the draft, one of the top two, three corners, like going into my senior year. Yeah. And I ended up breaking like three bones in my back, like the training camp. So like (laughs) Yeah, like so it was it was it was rough. So I was worse. Man, 
tell me about it. So I went through like the whole season, like in and out, dealing with injuries. I ended yeah. up messing up my AC joint um, in my shoulder. Yeah. And um, it just dropped my draft grade. Like, you know, yeah. I didn't have a, a great senior year because I was in and out most of the time. Got yeah. a chance to go to the senior bowl, you know, um, went through that process. Um, and I didn't know, like, you know, what I had some. Some people saying that, you know, I would go like third, fourth round. Mm-hmm. Other people saying that, you know, I was going to go in the sixth or seventh. But I didn't think that I wasn't going to get drafted. That never crossed my mind. Ever. Right, right. You never I, like, <laughs> like, I never, I was like, I'm not, I know I'm getting drafted, but where? At, at like, the least, right. Now, at the least, I know like if anything, like late round. Right, right. So that right. was kind of how I went into the draft. And then yeah. once I went undrafted, I was just like. You couldn't believe it. I was just looking at names, like, you know what I mean? No disrespect to any player, but I was just, like, as the draft goes on, I'm just looking at names, like, who from where? Like, right, right, you right. know, like, the top names. You like Exactly, right, exactly. You got your list, like, all right, he, he gone, he gone, he gone. Yeah, right, yeah, I'm yeah. coming up next, like, right, you know right, what I'm right. saying? <laughs> and it just never happened, and I was just, man, I was sick, man. I'm not going to yeah. lie. But I, um, the reason why I ended up going with the Jets, I had the same agent at the time as Darrell Reeves. Okay. So, um, you know, I had, like, I think, at the end of the draft, I had, I think, like, 10 or 11 teams that wanted mm-hmm. to sign me as undrafted free agent. I think I know it's the Patriots, the Vikings, um, Tampa yeah. Bay. Yeah. It was, like, 10 of them. But uh, the Jets was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt like, you know what I mean, all right, I'm go- I-, I went to school in Boston. You know, New York isn't that far. You know, it's Right, like, it's not that far from there, yeah. So it's not going to be a huge transition in regards mm-hmm. to, like, the way of life, right? you know, and um, I was like, if anything, you know what I mean, if I don't play right away, I can at least, you know what I mean, learn from the best, yeah, one best, of the best yeah. to do it, like, you Definitely. know what I mean? Did, did, they, had, did they have Camardi at that time, too? Yeah, so that's okay. that was the thing, too, so they had him, yeah. like, when I first got there, man, like, you know, you go through rookie mini camp. you know, I, I was balling, I, I, you know, I did my thing. Mm-hmm. And like the coaches was loving me, all of that. And then OTAs came. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the vets came, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it changed. Like, I was like, man, coaches was just walking past me like they didn't even know me. <laughs> like, like he wasn't man. even there. <laughs> I'm like, man, y'all was just loving me last week. Like, I'm like, but, <laughs> but um, I think um, it was tough, I think, for me because, again, like coming from the situation I was coming from at Boston College, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Being a, Big time player in the conference, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean? thinking I was going to be a high, you know, round draft. Yeah. And then coming in, and now they're talking about like special teams, you know what I mean? Like, special teams, <laughs> the only way you're going to make a team. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, I'm trying to play. Like, yeah. Was, was <laughs> that was that like a hit on your ego at all? Like you said, because you, you was a big time player in the ACC, and now it's like, it's like they they talking about you, you got to make the team by special teams. Like, we ain't even talking about defensive snaps. Man, listen, man, when I first got there, like I said, when we got the training camp, my name wasn't even on the, like, depth chart. Like, they went three deep and then, yeah. like, had a slash, and then it wasn't – I wasn't even a slash. Oh, so, man. I was like, man, like yeah. – and I'm thinking, like, man, I'm about to get sent home. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't, yeah. you don't know. Like, when you in that, like, situation, being an undrafted free agent or even right. a low draft right. pick, dude, like, you could be cut – at any moment for anything. Exactly. Like, I've seen exactly. like some cutthroat stuff where it's like, dude, catch two, three picks in practice and still get cut. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just because yeah. it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game, a game. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I was just like, you never know. Like every day you just got to make a play. You just got to do you. I think yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I, I think I was mentally prepared in that regards of mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. okay, I understand this three pro ball. Cause at that time they had uh, Antonio Clamardi, 
Darrell Revis, mm-hmm. and they had Leron Landry. Mm-hmm. I remember him. Three dudes were Pro Bowlers, and then yeah. they had a ten-year vet, Jeremiah Bell. Yeah, I remember and him. They had Kyle Wilson. Um, so those were the four starting DBs, and they had Kyle Wilson, who was a first-round draft pick. Yeah, you know, making not to count his money, but he's making millions of dollars. You know, uh, what I mean? uh, you know, uh, so. I knew that those four dudes were going to start, like, you know what I mean? Like, they made it clear, like, these are the starters. They, yeah. like, in the NFL, they, they're not sugarcoating anything. Like, like right, you know that. Them, like, yeah. <laughs> and then Kyle being a nickel, so it was like, you just had to figure out a way of, like, how do you fit in? Like, mm-hmm, you know I, mean? mm-hmm, I just took mm-hmm. the, the mindset, like, I'm going to make a play every day, mm-hmm. and, like, they're going to have to kill me to send me home. Like, that was yeah. my mentality. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, I'm like, Definitely. man. Like, and, it, and, it, and it seemed like you did – because how long did you stay with them? You was there for like two seasons, three two seasons? years. Yeah, okay. two two years. So like, I mean, I, I'm like I said, I was making plays, and I think they just got to a point where it was like they didn't know where because I played corner originally when I came in. I played corner, mm-hmm. but they ended up moving me to safety. Okay, uh, while trading camp just to get me on the field, but I was playing literally everything, which I yeah. think was me was I could play corner, I could play right. safety, I played nickel. Mm-hmm. They had a few packages where I would come in as a third safety. Okay. And then I played everything on special teams, you know. Of course. I, I, because I, I remember you, you you were active a, a few games, right? I remember seeing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so I ended up being active. Um, so I was on – so I got signed to the practice squad week two or three, I think. It was week three. I got activated. I had, like, a, a real good, like, week of practice. And I ended up just like, all right, cool, don't bring them up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, getting activated. And then that's the game where Darrell Revis tore his ACL. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, so they ended up bringing in two veteran corners. Mm-hmm. Um, they just really just brung me to the game just to get some experience. Like, there was, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, special teams, just, you know what I mean? Kind yeah. of reward for your, you know what I mean? Your, like your yeah, efforts. for your efforts, yeah. The plays you've been making in practice, like, you know. That makes and then sense. he went down, and then they brung in some other, um, some other, like, veteran corners the next week. And mm-hmm. then um, they moved, ended up moving me to safety. But I was, like, on and off practice squad that whole year. I went through like yeah. 32 transactions Man. in my rookie year. Like it was crazy. Like it was crazy. I was like literally in this, a GM office two times, three times. Back a and week. forth, back and forth. Literally and how, like it was crazy. It was crazy. How, how do you ha- how do you handle that mentally or you just get to a point where it's just like every week you just know something, you just kind of going with it, just going along for the ride. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it was. Like I mean the first couple, like I said, when I the first time I got act uh put up to the active roster was the week three. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in a few veterans, so they put me back on practice squad because they mm-hmm. really wanted me to play safety. Mm-hmm. You know, like okay. I said, nickel and dime. So they really yeah. didn't need me at corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like, it was crazy, man. Like I said, like I, I would literally on Monday, I would come or Monday, I would come in, I'd be on practice squad Monday, Tuesday, get moved up to the active roster. Mm-hmm. Maybe I might play in a game, maybe may inactive. And then the next day I would, Come into the they'll, – they'll call me in, mm-hmm. and I'll have to be back on practice squad. So it was like I literally – Every week, like, every week. It was like real stressful, I would say. It was extremely stressful. Like, yeah, I can – man, I can only imagine. Like, just not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing if you're going to get traded, not knowing if you're going to get let go. You don't know nothing. Not it's knowing if you're like going to be active, not knowing if you're going to be practice squad. <laughs> yeah, it's so much in the air. Yeah, it's – that's yeah. – so, but that's still dope that you got to experience that, man. So talk about after, after two years with the Jets – um, I tell guys all the time, did you ponder uh, about going to the CFL or yeah. after the Jets, was you just like, w- did you just get to the point where you, you, where you was actually cool with like being done with the game? 
Yeah, no. So like, as soon as I was done, when I was uh, first done with the Jets, I like took like a year or two, of course, training, trying to get workouts and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, I mean, reality set in. It was like, okay, I'm not really hearing anything back. My agents like, you know, I'm not really hearing anything back about you getting signed. So it was like, yeah. okay, go up to the C, the CFL. Mm -hmm. You know, so I ended up going up to the CFL. Um, I went through training camp, was starting, and then I got hurt. Mm -hmm. and then Wait, what team was, were you with? I was with uh, Saskatchewan, the Rough okay, Riders. Saskatchewan, yeah. Yeah, so I was with them, and then I got hurt. They released me, and then I ended up doing arena for two years in Cleveland. The okay. Cleveland Gladiators and uh, okay. the uh, San Jose. Okay, um, okay. And then after that, I had ended up getting hurt again. I was like, man, it's not even worth it Like man, at I'm, this point. Bro, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm like, ain't no out of bounds. I'm like, it's bro, cool. I'm like. Bro, I'm telling – I'm telling you, like, I played arena ball two years, and yeah. I played – after the second year I played, that's where I was at with it. Like, saying I'm like, man, this shit is not – I mean, my body just – I couldn't recover fast enough because hitting dudes on walls and just knees all scraped up. And lit, I'm just yeah. like, man, I'm, <laughs> And like you said, like, it, man, it, it ain't even worth – at this point, yeah, yeah. it ain't worth it, man. <laughs> so, talk, I, yeah. go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You good. Yeah. No, no, I was just, just going to say – if you can remember, talk about the day you like put into your conscious mind, like, okay, I am done playing football. Was it, was it, did you know, as you know, uh, did you have any mixed emotions about it? Did you feel like you still wanted to play or you just knew like, okay, I got to use this degree and just use these avenues and resources that I had networked with all this time to figure out what I want to do next. Um, I think I just came to like a realization of like, I was comfortable with my career. Like, just mm -hmm. based on, like, my childhood, where I came from, like, you know what I mean? Right, right. My journey, like, you know what I mean? I always had the mentality in the back of my head, like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, you know what I mean? In right. regards to, like, you know what I mean? All the things that I've been through, like, exactly. all the things that were stacked up against me. Exactly. You know I mean? Being in foster care, you know, losing my mom at an early age, you know, exactly. growing up you know, on 79th and St. Clair, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It was like all of that. It was like, you know what I mean? I made it this far. Like, you right, know what I mean? Right. And you know what I mean? I'm not supposed to be here. So when it came to that point where I wasn't hearing anything back, I feel like I was in a position where I felt like I worked as hard as I could. You know, right. I was doing everything. I put everything. Anytime I was on the field, I always put everything I had into it. Exactly. Like yeah. you, gave, you gave it a thousand percent. Gave it all I had. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? So I was comfortable with walking away and saying, hey, I didn't leave anything out there. I have no regrets. You know, exactly, I'm exactly. Yeah. My career. That's, so that, that's, that's that, good, man. That's, I think that mentally, that helped, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Walking away with no regrets. I think that was probably the best thing for me. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy that you say uh, uh, that you say that because I remember uh, Ted talking about that. I had Ted, Ted on a couple uh, episodes ago, and he was just talking about how um, once, like, you know, Dante went eighth overall, then he went ninth overall the next year. All the all the guys that played at the Ville just expected that they were supposed to make it, not understanding that it's really and truly so hard to make the NFL and stay in the NFL. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like it's it's a less than, like, half than 1% chance that, you know what I mean, that we would put that helmet on. So uh, the fact that, like you say, like, we're not even supposed to be there. Like you wasn't all you coming from Saturday night in St. Clair. You wasn't supposed to be at Boston College starting as a freshman. You weren't supposed to be yeah. in Florida State. You weren't supposed to be playing versus Notre Dame. You're not supposed to have a degree from Boston College. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So all these accomplishments, we've already done so much. And I think, like you say, we so competitive when we yeah. don't 
when things don't pan out how we thought it would, like we beat ourselves up about it because we're so competitive. Like, no, nah, I know that I'm I'm good enough or I know that I was. Uh, so that's dope that you kind of already had that futuristic mindset. Like, yeah, I'm happy with what I did. I gave a thousand percent. So now let's move on to the next phase. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's another thing that kind of helped me out. Like I said, going to a school like Boston College, where you get exposed to so many other things. Like mm -hmm. one thing about the city of Boston is there's like 50 different schools, colleges in mm -hmm. like, I think like a 10 mile radius, like oh, literally wow. corner, there's wow. a college. So you have like your Harvard, MIT, right down the street, North, uh, Northeastern's right. Down. It's like schools literally everywhere. So yeah. you get exposed to so much. You so know many different mean? kinds of so people and students people, and skill sets and yeah. Networking and resources, yeah. and all those things. Yeah. So I think that kind of helped me out as well, where it was like, okay, this is what I, I know. Like, okay, football is only going to last so long, but uh -huh. I know, like, once this football thing is over, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have a life to live. You exactly. know what I'm saying? I exactly. was just comfortable with, like, okay, I'm. I think I was like 26. I'm like, I'm 26 years old. Mm -hmm. I, I, Fully healthy. Yeah, no I'm healthy. Life. I'm alive. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like in a wheelchair. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a blessing. Thank God. No crazy <laughs> injuries. Yeah. So I was like, it's time for me to, you know what I mean, fulfill that second half of what I went to Boston College for. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? So I was just comfortable with that. And I just, you know what I mean? It, I'm not going to say that the transition was easy because yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. Like I said, like, you have that mentality of like, I wake up, I work out. You know what I mean? Football, yeah. football your whole that, life. That is schedule is mind. so ingrained in your mind. Like, yeah. and then and when you wake up the first day and you don't have to go work out, like you gotta yeah. find a job. <laughs> you gotta go find a job. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. It's it's real, man. <laughs> it's different. I, I, it took me, like I said, it took me a good like two to three years to fully like adjust to like yeah, just that this, schedule. You know what I mean? Like not being consumed you know just with football like, yeah so yeah yeah it wasn't easy like, same here it was easy at all but I yeah. mean, i'm blessed enough to you know have gone through that you know the, mm -hmm, that time mm -hmm. period and, you know what i mean i feel yeah. like i'm you know, in a good position now so definitely man so after those two two to three years when, when you finally kind of figured out what you wanted to do i mean I, now, now I see what you did uh, with, with your digital marketing company, Seven Seven Ninth. I mean, cause you're from <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, I see what you did there. Uh, that's dope. Yeah. But after the, the two three years, like, um, how did how were you able to kind of get? Well, obviously, it's never comfortable balancing a full time job and and being a business to get your business endeavors off the ground and get them to where you want right. to get them to. Um, how have you been able to balance both? I'm sure a lot of the lessons and things you learned from football, you kind of yeah. put into your work ethic now. And I'm sure, I mean, you, you look like you're still in shape. So I'm sure you probably still hit the gym a couple of times as well. Yeah. So just that scheduling, you know, how are you able to balance nowadays? Yeah. Um, no, I like, like, like it's tough. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not going to say it was easy, but I think like you said, being a football player and having to balance going to class, mm -hmm. you know, practicing, having some type of a social life, like, exactly. you know, all of that, like, it helped me when I became, you know what I mean, a business owner mm -hmm. and kind of took my, um, you know, my talents to, like, the work, like, the work um, force. Workforce, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it helped me out a lot, like, you know what I mean, just having those skill sets, having that structure, having that discipline, and um, just understanding. I think it's a different type of work ethic mm -hmm, when it comes, right. and that's something that I had to learn. It was a learning process for it's, me. It's more mental. Like, 
<laughs> it's more mental than it is physical. Like, right. you know what I mean, I was used to just like wake up, grind, 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 grind. You can't do that. Like when you own a business, like it's a different type of grind. Like you exactly. have to find ways to make it's a mental body. grind. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or you'll burn out. Like, you know what exactly. I'm saying? So I think that's helped me out tremendously. And I've had a lot of uh, mentors kind of like throughout my whole journey, like mm -hmm. that's like been kind of guiding me and like helping me, you mm -hmm. know? So I think that's been tremendous as well. Like not only like just working and, and just grinding, but having people that you can go to when you don't know something or. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Just having those mentors and resources that's to go to where you can be, Kind of, because I what I feel like a lot of a lot of business owners, um, you know, especially when they're first starting out, uh, they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want people yeah. to know that they, that they don't know the uh, a question like an answer to this question, or you know, they don't really know, or they're kind of afraid to reach out to people. And so that's cool that you that you kind of had that, and you know, have those people to reach out to. You know, when you need a when you need an answer to a question. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Like I think that was another thing that was kind of good for me was I wasn't, I'm never afraid to ask. If I don't know mm -hmm. something, I'm going to ask, you know? So yeah, I think yeah. that was always like kind of helpful for me. And I, I, I'll, I'll pick up the phone call, call somebody. Like exactly, I, I'm not exactly. afraid to reach out. Like Exactly. So you got to. It's no pride to, when it comes to me. You know what I mean? If I want something, I'm going to get it. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it. I've always had that mentality. Whether Definitely. it was football or business or whatever I'm doing. You know? Definitely. So, Definitely, man. Definitely. That's, a, that's, that's great right there. Last question, man. Uh, like I said, I call this the After Effect podcast. What would you say is Donnie Fletcher's After Effect, right? All the wins, all the losses, all the injuries, all the pain, all the sorrow, all the good times, the celebrations up throughout your entire career. Uh, you know, uh, local local Cleveland star, Boston College star, uh, playing the NFL, playing the CFL, playing the AFL, now you're a business owner. What, what is Donnie Fletcher's After Effect? What are some lessons that you learned that you would take and ingratiate and you into your business acumen now, uh, possibly in the future once you have a family. Uh, what are the, what are some of those lessons? Yeah, the biggest thing for me is like work ethic. I think mm -hmm. understanding where you are, understanding like your weaknesses, and turning those into your strengths. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that has I've taken that from football to business to everything. Like mm -hmm. just understanding, okay, this is my weakness. This is what I'm not good at and then turning that into your strengths and then just working like real it's really i feel like for me i wasn't the biggest fastest and strongest you know mm -hmm. but i had a mentality that i want something and i'm gonna do whatever it takes to get it exactly like so that i think it's more mental than it is yeah. anything like having yeah. the right mentality yeah is, is tremendous like that could take you a long a long long way mm -hmm. like, so that, that's what i would say and and, and one it's funny that you say mentality because one thing, uh, and, and I'm going home uh, the last week in October. Hopefully, I, I can get to, up to the field to talk to the football team, talk to the basketball team. But we have to realize that being from Cleveland, like, we we have an advantage because we already, in, in, in anything we do, our mentality is so, like, no, I don't care what it is I got to do. I'm going to do it. <laughs> like, we always, we always got that dog mentality. And so whatever we decide to do, but nine, ten times we're going to succeed as long as we can bring that mentality into whatever we're doing. And that, and when you think about coming from the inner city, sometimes you think that that could work for you as a disadvantage, but it can really work yeah. for you, you know, as as a positive advantage as long as we take advantage of it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, like, like I said, I think mentality is the number one thing, like for success. If you ask me, exactly. because if you aren't mentally like into whatever you're doing and you don't understand, like 
the work ethic that it takes. I think mm-hmm. that's what a lot of kids struggle with today is like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to the football thing is they think that, you know, it's gonna come easy. Hand it to them, like, <laughs> right. oh, like you gotta work for it. Like you gotta work gonna... really hard for it, and you still yeah, might not like, get it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and dealing with that too, though, like, because you gotta understand, like, life is about peaks and valleys. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like you're gonna be high sometimes, you're gonna be low sometimes, but how can you stay even exactly. here throughout that? Mentally, how can you, you know, maneuver like, through all those valleys and just yeah. keep going, never quitting, keep never going, stopping, never but just quitting. keep going? Yeah, and having that mentality that, like, okay, this is my end goal. This is what I want. And when you get to that point, when you start struggling, being able to, you know, push through, that's, I'm the, telling I you. think that's the toughest thing. That's just a life lesson period. Exactly. Because you look at all these successful people out here, whether it's football, entertainment, whatever business, mm-hmm. they're successful. You only see the end result. You see the success. They didn't give up. The glamour, but you don't see the times when they're, you know what I mean? I'm telling you. Long grinding, like, you yep. know what I mean? Show that part of it. Exactly. But that's the process that gets you to, you know what I mean? Where you want to go. Where yep. you want to go. Exactly. Um, man, well, again, I appreciate you carving out some time, bro. I know you're super, super busy, man. Happy Sunday. Hope you have a great week. And we'll do All right. Appreciate it, bro, man. It was good talking to you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Take All it right. easy, man. Yep. See you, man. All right. So again, I appreciate uh, Donnie Fletcher. Um, again, he works in finance in New York City, and he also is a business owner, has his own digital marketing program. Uh, so again, I hope you guys enjoyed episode 23. Um, excited to just keep having these conversations and uh, shedding light on you know that transition out of sports, right? So until next time, peace.